Mama. Mama. We made it. What is what is what is do Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh, I'm really this this one is truly special to me. This is close to home for you, no? Very. This is family. This is uh, family at this it's point. Family. It's 100%. family. It's family. Hundred percent. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh uh. Tell him. Uh I'm gonna tell him. <laughs> yeah, you better tell him. We got my brother, close friend, family in the building, Francesco Foja. Give it up, ladies hey! and gentlemen. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I'm going to give some backstory. You've been a dude. I was telling a new shop air. I idolized you growing up, like when I was a kid. Like, I've pretty much known you my whole life. Yes, Francesco sure. got his ear pierced. I got that ear pierced. Yep. Yo, that was back in the uh, 90s when you would have the hoops and the hat. You know what I'm hey, saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was respect. rocking that. I was rocking respect. that. I can see that. I was rocking that. He did karate. I did karate. Or, uh, Taekwondo. Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. I did karate. Do you remember that time where like, I must have been like six or, or seven. We were at your mom's house. You're like, yo, Joe, let, let's do a quick prank. You go lie in the gutter. And I'm gonna go run in the house and tell oh your mom. Oh my that god, you got hit I by fucking love that. Oh, that was the wow. best story. This so, is the best story. So I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Goons. Yeah, I was like, oh, that sounds great. Just thinking it'd be funny. He runs in the house. My mom and his mom run out, like yelling, like, oh my god, oh my. I'm laying there in the gutter of the street, just terrifying my mom. Dude, she got so mad that day. Oh my god, I'm so sorry I did that to them. <laughs> but that, that was like our idea of pranks. I feel you though. That's the mother's like instinct though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I felt so bad. I, but I remember that because my mom was like genuinely upset. I was like, oh my god, we, we made her sad. Oh. But inside, it was hilarious. I feel you. Sorry, mama. Too bad they don't have. Uh, they didn't have camera phones back then. I feel. God, oh. if that would have been recorded, that would have been <laughs> one for world star. Yeah, up. Oh, I like, feel you. That's some world oh, star shit. Right rip. <laughs> Yeah, be a terrible, terrible Yo, worst. Your mom video. herself would send a cease and desist. Like, get that, take that down. I'm gonna get fired. Well, Francesco, man, so happy you're on the show. Thank um, you, brother. This is actually one I've wanted to do for a long time, and finally, like, hit you up about it. Where you've gone, like, I know so much of your story, but there's also so much that I don't know. Um, and I think I've seen you with the lens of, you know, when you when you're close to someone and it's it's family like that. You kind of see him with a certain lens that mm-hmm. the rest of the world doesn't. And so I want to dive in to, to that story of, of who Francesco is and, and what he's become. So getting into that, you know, native Angelino, your, your mother, you know, beautiful lady. Um, I love your mother, Auntie you. Natalie. His mom is actually um, my sister Jasmine's godmother. And we're Italian, so, you know, godmother, godfather, that's important. Yeah. Yo, we have a picture. She carries weight. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like a the, shitload of that. We have a picture of your mom still in our house with mm. Mother Teresa. Wow. She's a saint now. <sighs> Incredible. It's a beautiful picture. Incredible. Literally. She's holding my mother's hands and blessing her. Wow. My mother, we can get into that, but my mother um, used to donate pharmaceutical goods. She had a bunch of doctor friends in Beverly Hills. And they were all in love with my mother. And so she'd work every one of them for syringes and bandages and wow. medicines and all of the, you know, pharmaceutical, you know, all the pharmacies, excuse me, all the pharmaceutical companies, they would give them samples. She'd mm. say, I want everything. I'm shipping this to India for the, uh, for the kids in the, um, uh, the villages, you know, and, wow. and just in India, let me tell you, India, 
you know, these were the slums of India, yeah. you know, like there's that movie that Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was just like that. And my mom just loved those people. Now, my mom would stay with the nuns and the priests wow. and sleep in the convents on the floor just to be there. Oh, and, wow. no, I had no clue and about she that. loved, loved my mother to this day. I, t- I, 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 I tease her and I say, mom, cause she donates to all these different charities, you know, where they're yeah. saying that I'm like, and I, she's like, honey, will you mail these out for me? And, uh, I'm like, mom, these, these fucking charities are making a fortune. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like what the fuck? And you know what the funny thing is? She says, no, I got a letter from one of the kids. And I'm like, let me see the letter. And it's just like. Excuse me, mass produced. Wow. Um, mass produced, <laughs> like picture of him, his name, what he likes to do. My mom is like, oh my God, he wrote me this letter. I go, mom, that's not hand, that's not handwritten. That's a fucking print, mom. And she's like, shut the fuck up, get out of here and, and uh, you're out of my shit. Your mother's uh, amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. She, she, she's such a, a wonderful woman. And you also had a unique experience because um, of who your mom was. Mm-hmm. Now, go into that of, of kind of. You know, who your mom was and, and growing up in this city in that early stages. Well, my mother from a very early age was on Broadway. Wow. Yeah. And uh, she worked with the best of the best, uh, you know, Shelly Winters and just a bunch of heads. You know, she yeah. was with, you can Google her, uh, www.natalietrundy.com, T R U N D Y. She was in a bunch of movies, Planet of the Apes, Huckleberry Finn, you know, the Monte Carlo story, Goodbye. Well, a few others, but, wow. but, you know, she is an entertainer, a f- like a legit Broadway entertainer. Mm. So she has a lot of life, but not crazy. My mother was born, you know, in the forties yeah. and she was debutante of the year in 1957 in New York city. Wow. That's like high society, Miss America in New York city. Okay. Jeez. Like everyone, she has strawberry, strawberry, blonde hair, gorgeous green eyes, like cats, she had the body. She was classy mm. because my grandmother was classy. We're yeah. talking about very, very proper people. You know, in the 40s and the 50s and the 30s and the 20s, my grandmother's era, you were very proper. Absolutely. And, uh, so basically, my mom was was raised in that world. You yeah. know, she had everyone going after her. I mean, listen, it isn't like, I mean, in this day and age, she would be, you know. Yeah. You know, Brad Pitt. She, was a, she was a triple threat. She could dance. She could sing and she can act. Mm. Okay, and um, that confidence that she had growing up gave her the that richness. When you meet someone, you're like, I fucking love this person. Absolutely, yeah. no worry. You know, and and she was such a giver. Yeah, you know, such a giver. She donated. She helped so many people. Yeah, you know, and she gave so much to so many on such different levels. Yeah, that it humbled me as a kid. Wow. It really humbled me as a kid. The yeah. impact that my mother, to tie this all in, the impact my mother had on me yeah. because of how she how she would eat her food was so proper. Everything was so classy, and I love that. Yeah. My mother has such she's multilingual, mm. speaks, you know, three or four different languages. Yeah. Um, and she was in a power to give back, and she did, and I loved it. That's I incredible. loved the impact I saw. And I that's what I got from my mom. I mean, she worked her whole life. She wanted me to work. Yeah. At a young age. She's yeah. like, you need to work. She's like, you know, you can get a worker's permit. You can go on Melrose. And so what I did is uh, at 14, I started working on Melrose because my mom said, get out of the house. Get out of the house and go get a job. And what, was that I, like? what was that like for you? It was, it, was, it was tough, love. She's Italian, you know, raised in New York. She has a mouth on her. And, yeah. you know, she's a strong white woman. This yeah. woman definitely checked me hard. Yeah. 
you know, with, with, you know, use your brain, mm-hmm. you know, um, was that, was, was that tough for you as a kid or was it something? Cause naturally we all overcome these things. Right. Yeah. But as a kid, when like, if we're taken back into that moment, was that tough for you to understand then and like kind of accept or like, how was that for you just as a kid? Well, you know, one thing I haven't told you yet though, she was an alcoholic. Mm. She's an alcoholic. So you she didn't have an alcoholic parent? No. You're a lucky man. So you, I, I tell my friends, I'm sorry, Joe. Yeah, no, no. I, you know, and you, you would agree. Of course. If you don't, if you have sober parents, yeah. you are so lucky. Wow. You are so lucky. Absolutely. It hurts on so many different levels, you know, and then as she got older, she, it started to fuck with her, 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 not, uh. her liver is actually strong, but her kidneys <sighs> and she had to quit and she quit. Wow. But now she's in dialysis. Yeah. Three days a week, four hours a day. She's laying in, 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 in a bed next to people that are practically dead. They get busted in from the uh, hospital. It smells. Wow. My mom never complains. <sighs> never complains, my mom. I pick her up. You know, she never complains. Hi, honey. I'm, I'm tired. It makes you so fucking tired. Wow. It's a really, really, any one of your friends, any one of your friends that thinks it's cool, taking all these, like all this drug music that's happening right yeah. now. That shit is going to kill you. Yeah. And you know what? It may not kill you today, but when you're 50, 60, 70 years old, yeah. you're going to wake, you're going to get out of bed. You're like, fuck, my stomach hurts. Yeah. Or my back hurts, my lower back. Those are your fucking kidneys. And there's repercussions for all of our Absolutely. Actions. And you know what? Unfortunately, they're putting out, you know, music that, that, you know, and, you know, talking about all these different Percocets. I'm sorry, I can go into this rant because alcohol and drugs and abuse it, you kill your it's like you're ruining your opportunity to have a plan yeah. and if you don't have a plan in life you're not going to be confident mm. and you're going to be nervous and you're not going to be happy and, and you know and you're going to you're not going to be you're not going to be the man or woman that you can be but anyways i'm off i'm totally off fucking alcohol yeah i'll have a drink with you but i'm i'm not the guy that comes home and has to have a glass of wine or yeah. a drink I'm trying to think. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, one thing my mom told me growing up, she was like, everything in moderation. In moderation. Yeah. Everything. Everything. She everything. said, she's like, it's, it, life is a balance, right? But, you know, she doesn't discredit anything. Like, when I was younger, even, you know, when it came to the drug talk and all that stuff, she kind of like thwarted my kind of curiosity in doing it because as a mom, she was like, if you want to try anything, let me know first. Mm-hmm. And I'll get it for you. So that took the cool and the mischievous factor right the fuck out of there, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? But even growing up, um, it really became, look, you're an adult. You're going to make your own decisions, right? And this has always been that way, especially even when I was a kid. But they're like, look, you know what right and wrong is. But I'm not going to stop you from doing anything. You, you need to find these me. things out, exactly. right? I remember but that. One thing that I live by is everything in moderation. Look, we all we all party. Some of us do it sober. Some of us go balls to the wall every now and then. Regardless, life is about a balance. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't have that balance, you're going to feel it one way or another. If it's mm-hmm. not today, it's not tomorrow. It could be years from now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Going back to that thought, because hearing that and seeing the way that you speak about that, I could tell that it's very... It, it played a very big role in how it shaped you, mm. right? Because coming from, it, it's like those rags to riches stories, right? It's like when somebody, you know, you have these rich kids, right? A lot of the times that family give them everything. They don't have to ask for anything, work for anything, all these things. And they kind of squander in this lostness of like, 
well, I've done it all, so what else can I do? And no more money is going to give you a trip to fucking Barbados at the drop of a dime, mm -hmm. right? But then there's these kids that grow up and either don't have shit growing up or grow up in families where this is happening and that and happening. Like mother's an alcoholic, father's a drug addict, or they're in a gangland territory, right? A lot of these things play a role in the fact that growing up around these things and being affected by them make certain kids know what they don't and will never do in their lives mm -hmm. very clear. 100%. How was that like for you? Did you lash out as a kid? What what kind of student were you? Were you playing sports? What what was childhood like? You know, I was in sports. My mom put me in sports. Thank you, mom, because she had money at the time. Yeah. Okay, so I was consumed with sports in school. School, I didn't do good in school. I couldn't pay attention. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I just, I couldn't pay attention. I started falling behind and I actually flunked the second grade. Wow. I flunked the second grade. The most embarrassing thing in second grade to flunk. Ooh. You know kids are fucking making fun of me. Yeah. And uh, that was really heartbreaking. And then finally, how I actually know Joe is his mother is the most amazing tutor. My mom found his mother through another friend. Wow. And she said, can you help my son? He just flunked the second grade. And how how crazy is that that you flunking second grade became such a blessing? It did. Oh, 100%. It gave me, I mean, let me tell you what happened. So Joe's mother is amazing. She teaches inner city school um, kids that have been kicked out of certain schools and they get sent to like one of those, you know. Alternative programs. Uh, yeah, what's it called? Whatever. It's like, it's like one step beyond continuation. Continuation. I yeah. was gonna say continuation. It's one step beyond it, continuation. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> oh you're my like, God. You're like, no. No. But honestly, no. No. It's like it's like her school and then like juvie. That, wow. So that like that's that's and that's where where it, it lies. It's like the the these kids. A lot of the point of the school is to try to get them back in public school, mm -hmm. whether it's like dual, uh, you know, or or whatever. But yeah, it's once they got kicked out of the the schools. They go there and it's kind of like, all right, let's try to get you back wow. in. Mm. His mother is a saint as well. So this saint yeah. said, you can come to my house and I'm going to tutor you at my house. So this saint taught me uh, multiplication, uh, division. Uh, I was learning vocabulary words. I was really staying focused for two hours uh, every time I was there at least twice a week. Mm. And over the summer, I came back swinging. Okay, Lit. I was like, I should not be in this class. I was like, and they said, sorry, you're flunking. You, you have to take, I was in second grade. I didn't have a voice. My mom's like, fuck it, you're staying and yeah. you're flunking. I'm like, you know, so embarrassed. <laughs> but because of your mother, that gave me the confidence and I started doing a lot better in school. Mm. And she said, you have to do your homework because if you do your homework, you'll go to school the next day, knowing all the answers, being confident and enjoying school. So, you know, she's, but she always said, don't raise your hand to every question. You look like a know-it-all. Every, like, every third question, raise your oh, hand. She you. Oh, That's yeah, lit. she was. She's like, don't be that kid. She gave you the preparation and just like be active. <laughs> yep, yep. So it was really, really good that a real specialist in helping kids get back on. Yeah. You know, she teaches what, sixth grade, fifth grade? No, now she teaches, she's done it all, but now she teaches like eighth, eighth, eighth mm. and actually ninth. Cause okay. like a lot of the ninth graders. Are eighth graders yeah. and like, you know. I was in second. She's yeah. teaching me fourth, fifth, sixth. <laughs> yeah. you know? oh, yeah. Like it really gave me that confidence. And so, yeah. you know, that has tied into how I've actually been successful where I am today, which we will get into when that pops up, but it's all about doing your homework Yeah. and anything that you do, you know, 
there's an art to what I do and how I've made success in what I do for a living, which we'll get into. Yeah. So with my mentor now, his mother, one of my many mentors. Yeah. Okay. His mother would, your mom always gave me cookies, made sure I stayed at the table, you know what I'm saying? She <laughs> gave me cookies. You did. Cookies. Oh man, cinnamon, like the cinnamon, the cinnamon guy, wait, was it the- uh, Like gingerbread oh, man? The gingerbread or? man. <laughs> it was cinnamon too. Um, but, uh, you know, so blessed. Yeah. You know, God really put good people in my life at certain points in my life. And, you know, individuals like your mother, you know, uh, like certain girlfriends that I've had. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm telling my girlfriends, I've had four, five actually- each and every one of them were pivotal women in my life. Yeah. And I do owe my success to strong, intelligent women that were just like me. I yeah. am super organized. All my to do, you know, all my to do during the day is uh, updated daily. I have a pad to do Thursday, to do Friday. Yeah. People to call at certain times. Yeah. You know, the prep uh, follow is there. up with this, follow up with that. You know, we'll get into all that. But I haven't told you about my sister. Yeah. My sister is a G. Yeah. So. Brother, sister, one year older. But talk about your guys' relationship. Mm -hmm. So my sister uh, and I have a, a very, very strong bond now more than ever. Even though she's one year older than you, she's still the older sibling. And, probably, and she's a woman. And yeah. she, so they she, mature so much faster yeah. than men. My sister was yeah. on point like at 11. She was on mm. point. So me being a you know, 10-year-old kid, you know, doing Taekwondo, I'm swimming, I'm doing baseball, I'm doing soccer. My sister excelled at everything she did. She was the girl that she, like, anything she did, she did well. Mm. So when, you know, I remember being 13 and she was 14 and in AYSO soccer, they'd put the 13 and 14-year-olds together. Mm. Well, you know, all the girls that were in my class, 13, mm -hmm. you know, all knew my sister from soccer. And they would always say, your sister's so aggressive. She tries, she's like such a, like a, a bully out there. It's because me and my sister would fight. Yeah. Wild. We would fight. Wild. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. hair pulling fight. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? She put like, it down on you. And she'd beat my ass. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. I, I remember sure. once we were fighting in my, in my front yard. She hit me by my fucking hair and swung me. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> And I have real thick hair to this yeah. day, thank God, Lord. <laughs> Yo, I had thick, thick, thick hair back then. Yo, my sister tossed me. Wild. My sister fucking tossed me. Straight out of a Tarantino movie. Yeah. But my sister's a dope girl. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you and guys were so tight. Yeah, even we were tight too. because we had to be strong because it yeah. was And that's hard. incredible that you had such a strong force, and especially a strong female force like, so in blessed. place. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because... that. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, she was the one that, that kept you in check. 100%. You know what? I liked my sister because she was so organized, clean. You know, she was a, she's a tomboy. Yeah. But she's also a feminine girl yeah. in that department. She, like, has beautiful long hair. She keeps her shit cut, nails done, you know, whatever. She saves her money. She's yeah. responsible. Yeah. She checks, she, she balances her checkbook Absolutely. kind of person, you know what I'm saying? She's so, independent to the core. Yeah, and you know what? I had the most amazing role model in my sister. Awesome, incredible. My dad always said, you know, for those who have it hard in the beginning, if they handle their business, they have it easy in the end. You got to make sacrifices. Absolutely. So my sister is a leader. She, at an early, early age, got a job at Sam Goody in the Beverly Center. For those of I the, remember. Those of you. And I'm so blessed that my sister was so strong. Yeah. She was competitive She's a fucking winner. Like I said, everything she did, she excelled in. She played softball in college and in high school. And you know, when you're playing, in, and she went to a boarding school back east. Yeah. 
and she played against girls that were going to that school for softball. But she also swam first place in backstroke against wow. the top kids in the city. And this was like like back in the day in the 80s and the 90s where, when they actually had diving boards at these pools. They had all these swim programs. This was like like kids were getting three months off for school. So this this was serious. Like I used to compete against kids at Venice High School. That's an indoor pool. Westwood, wow. they have an indoor pool. Anyway, so she was very competitive, and I and I admired that. Yeah. And I was competitive too. Totally. Straight up because how G my sister is. So she got a job at an early age. She started working. I started fucking working. So I worked on Melrose passing out flyers. Word. Um, for a place called Shuki. Yeah. So I'd pass out flyers. Melrose used to be popping. Yeah. Used to be popping. Yeah. yeah. And music was a big scene there too. Music was a big scene. Yeah. You know, there was a place uh, called Gabe's. For those who know about Gabe's, you know, ten dollar J's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can I get the shampoo? Can I get the shampoo? Respect. Yeah, for real. Uh, you know, but um, so I used to, you know, used to be packed on the weekend. So the an owner's like, hey, kid. I'll give you a little uh, milk box, you know what I'm saying, milk tray, whatever, stand on it. I want you to call people to my store. You know, I got dope shit, and I, I, he actually had dope shit for girls. Yeah. I used to pass out flyers. I was up there like I was a fucking, like I'm on the pier performing and <laughs> shit, respect. I swear to God. And I used to call people in there. I'm like, hey, girl, I was like, yo, we got the bombest jeans. And, you know, like I had that confidence yeah. at 14. Yeah. I had that confidence. And he was paying me. Awesome. He was paying me. So not only did I do that, Sales, cashier, and customer service experience. That's that was what I got from that job. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It gave me, you know, I could deal with people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and you're out there, like you don't I'm know what you're and dealing with. Money. Yeah. I'm out there meeting people and, and being that being like this is forming me as a person. Yeah. Were you still struggling in school? Uh, man, I always got C's, homie, because I didn't, you know, yeah. I just was like, you know, fuck it, I yeah. gotta work, you know. I need yeah. It's crazy because you excel in so many other areas. It just shows you the the dynamic between Yo, like school for any parents and out work. there. I was getting C's. My whole life, I went to Santa Monica City College yeah. after Fairfax High School. So my story is this. I'll make the schooling is a good one. Just yeah. so you know, this plays into who I am as a person. Yeah. So I got to meet so many different kids. Yeah. So Good Shepherd, Hancock Park, second grade, back to Good Shepherd, to sixth grade, to uh, Hancock Park again. Yeah. And then seventh grade, John Burroughs, and then Laces. Laces, I was there for seventh and, it, and I think eighth grade, eight, 10, 11, 12, yeah, eighth grade, seventh and eighth grade at Laces, dope school on 18th and Fairfax. Yeah. And then I went to boarding school in Arkansas, all boys ran I by didn't... monks and, and monks and priests. Really? Really? Yo, this I, is wait. big shit right here. Now, this I, is another part I of didn't even know story. about this. So mm. I went to boarding school and uh, was ran by monks and priests. It was what was that like? Man, they hated me. They called me the L.A. wannabe. <laughs> the L.A. wannabe. The L.A. wannabe. You know, this is right after the riots. Yeah. Why? So why? Why were they? Why they're they haters? Because they were all from Arkansas, Texas, and not to say that people from there are like that. Yeah. But these were kids. Yeah. You know, white boys that yeah. were fucking. You know, not really knowing. There was only two or three black kids in my school, and I was kicking it with them. Like I was cool with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like these kids were listening to dope music. Yeah, we you're from like, the city. Yeah, you from know the what city, it is. Straight yeah. up. And these kids were from St. Louis. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Their parents just happened at money. They were attorneys. So these kids went. You know what I'm saying? So whatever. They had a great football program at my school. Um. Uh, coach Carlisle, who's the strength coach for USC, was my head coach in football. Wow! Yo, so look him up, Coach Carlisle. He was my history co- my history teacher and my football coach. Wild. a real G. But how was it? How was it like being away from LA and being actually away for the great first question, time? Great question, Joe. Great question. It really uh, humbled me in a, in a way that I got a taste of the slower life. Mm. This was a legit school. Subiaco Academy is a is a is a boarding school. It's legit. They have great sports, they're a great tennis program, everything. And the kids, a lot of kids were on Ritalin. 
A lot of these kids were troubled kids. Get the just like me. Get the fuck out of my house. These yeah, kids, these parents, the parents got money. Go to boarding school. The get the fuck out. Yeah. So like you're not that oh, fucked up. Okay, so, so a lot of kids were troubled kids. Yeah, a lot of troubled. I mean, kids. bro, you don't go to boarding school unless it's like. Yeah, it's well, like, but and also, and also that there's the parents from the upper echelon families like that just send their kids off because yeah. they're never home. Right, mm. and keep in time, keep in mind the time I'm going through puberty. Yeah, you know, you're going crazy when you're going through puberty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like that's that's the time in my this was the time of that that that, that was a time. So yeah. I'm going up, I'm going to, going to school with kids that are all going through fucking puberty, raw hormones. You know, you do crazy things, shit like yeah. that. Yeah. But anyways, these kids were dope. I had some great. I still have. I'm still friends with kids from boarding school. Wow. And you know what? The coolest cats. There was like maybe three white kids. Yeah. I told you my two black homies and these kids from Mexico, Monterey, Mexico. These kids from amazing families, so humble, so humble. And these kids would have me go home with them, mm. you know, during the breaks. Yeah. These kids lived it up in Mexico. Let me tell you. These kids were 15 years old driving parties. Wow. Like, call, like it was, and these kids came from great, great, great community, uh, you, know, fa- you know, families and communities where I got to live an amazing, I had a great time yeah. going to Mexico. It gave me a whole different outlook. Look, I'm from LA. Yeah. Mexicans that I see are the, are the hardworking Mexicans that you see either selling flowers or working in, you know, yeah. in, in, in landscaping, shit like that. I never got a taste of this Mexico. This was wealthy yeah. Mexico. Yeah. Mexicans. Straight up. And very classy, you know, and they still had that class factor about them, which I'm still like, you know. But anyways, I went to that boarding school. They hated me there. They hated on me there. I only, I only was able to stick around for two years. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I went to Fairfax. So uh, two years, was that your choice? My cho- well, I didn't give my mom a choice. I, I was, I'm, I'm not, I'm like during Christmas, you I just, didn't say nothing. You know, I got into a fight. Yeah. I knew if I went back, I was going to get kicked out. Yeah. Straight up. It's a good fight too. Story. Um, but I went back. And well, I told my well, mom wait, what, what happened with that fight? They hated on me so much. So, and this is, and you, aside from like your crew of, of like your five friends yeah. right there, this is everyone, this is LA wannabe was, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that? These are the guys who are calling you LA, LA wannabe. Yeah. They hated on me. So, this kid named Thomas, um, he was a bigger, he was a stocky kid. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I, I was still like maybe a buck 15, buck 20, but I was skinnier back then. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Now beefed up now that I'm almost 40. Um, and this kid actually had weight. Yeah. And he was on the football team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he thought he could whoop my ass. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I took t- 10 years of Taekwondo. I was in the adult class, homie. Yeah, you knew he would. I was fighting adults, like sparring with adults. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? You, so you wanted him I to had that. I had that confidence. Yeah. So we were playing football and he kind of was like, yo, Francesco, you know, you know, go out there. And he fucking just tossed it. And it was like, wait, like trying to punt me in front yeah. of people. And we got, it, we got into it. You know what I'm saying? And he swung. I kicked him. You, don't, you got the kicks. I was told, we don't kick around here, boy. That's what the headmaster said to me. Wild. Said to me, basically, I could kick you out of the school or you don't have to come back. So I didn't go wild. back. My so mom does not know. Can I just say my mom does not know that so they, I they, Not only basically. did that kid start the fight, he swung on you yeah. and, and you, you kicked on him, right? The thing that was told to you was we don't kick around here. That boy? was that was when I got pulled into the headmaster's. That's office. the mentality of we don't the, kick the, around the, here, boy. The head of that school. How wild! That's insane to me. <laughs> they didn't like me. So they saw, they they just saw you as an outcast. They did. 
the kids did not and, like and me. it was it was a self-fulfilling prophecy the, and, then to the administration yeah and you know what like we had counselors because yeah. i lived at this school it was a boarding yeah. school they would tell the principal who the who the troublemakers are yeah i was hanging out with three other kids do, you, was think, on do you think that that system is a system for for Crazy. kids to thrive oh man great question it was like a mini college i guess you know what i'm saying that i just right. you know it was a mini college and uh i you know i had a good time but I was hated on. Yeah. Um, what was it like being away from everybody? Was oh, like, man. That, so that's a great question, too. So all my friends that stayed here, you know, they were going to dope parties. Yeah. 16 years old, got their license. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? they had, Some of them even got cars. Yeah. You know, and I ran with a crew. Yeah. I ran with a crew, crew that I'd been running with for a long time, a whole life. Like, anyways, going to the boarding school had that impact on me. Do I think it's a good environment? I think that it could help certain kids. Unfortunately, the one that I went to was I just I just I was an outcast. Unfortunately, yeah. I was a fucking. And outcast. And you felt that way. I felt that way. And you reacted accordingly. And I did. And, and yeah. you know what? I didn't. But that's I, but that's like that, that's a kid. That's, that's a what kid. you do. You're acting the, out. Yeah, I was acting. How out. How else are you gonna act out? So yeah, be tactical. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're going through fucking puberty. Yeah, you're, you're like. You're, you know, you're, and you're also isolated. Like you're away from home. My God, you're with a lot the nearest of town was like, yeah, ten miles away, bro. Oh, and, they, and by the way, the neighboring town that we used to go to on Saturdays just to go like to the Walmart yeah. and kick in the Dairy Queen, all that bullshit, just to kind of walk around and be yeah. outside of the school. They hated us because <laughs> you, you guys were encroaching on their. Well, yeah, society. and they had their own high school. Oh yeah, it was and called. You, it was Paris, Arkansas, Paris. Uh, Paris High School. And you guys are the boarding school kids. And we were the boarding school kids. Oh, yeah. And that they didn't want to talk to their crazy. girls. They didn't yeah. want to talk to their girls. Yeah, that's why. And, and even our, like our, that whole area, bro, it's, it's very it's very dated in a lot of like the cultural, I guess, growth that you'd experience in a metropolitan city. Absolutely. And, and, and areas. Yeah. Right. But you, they have, you listen, it's, it was about me adapting. Yeah. Okay. I did my best to adapt. But I was 14. The rights just happened. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The rights just fucking happened. Yeah. And LA had a bad rap. Yeah. I, I, I live in LA. Yeah, you wish you lived in LA. Yeah. Huh? Like, you, but you that, that, LA. That, it's, it's crazy because that's like the kid response. Like, that is. <laughs> even me, like in, in the seventh grade, going to Orange. I, went, I was in junior high in West Hills, uh, excuse me, Woodland Hills, and then went to high school in Orange County. And look, I grew up listening to Tupac. Like, you, you to Joe was like, my boy Ali Golami to me. He'd be blasting Tupac. Everything he did, I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And I just built a love for hip hop culture and rap and just that whole music and that scene. And naturally, you want to dress like the people you look up to and all these things. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because I had to deal with kids just being like, bro, why are you trying to be black? Right. But at that time, for me in the eighth grade, I was just so at one with myself and, and quick with my wits to where I was like, what do you what do you even mean by that? What's being black? Mm -hmm. You don't listen to rap? Mm -hmm. Well, just because I got on this type of clothes, mm -hmm. what, would I be trying to be white if I had on your shorts? Mm -hmm. What's the Persian shit to wear? And they just be like, uh, uh, right. But it goes to show that kids are ruthless mm. in, in those ages. And also when we're. When we're growing and when we're in like the, the junior high to high school stages, we're all trying to find ourselves, right? And just like with, with you know, Joe's mom helping the kids that now are in like the transitional from seventh to eighth grade, you, were, you came from a privileged area where some of them were just privileged where they just sent the kids there and that's how it happened. And then others were, okay, we have the money. I don't know how I'm going to deal with you, so you're going here. Exactly. Right? 
So even as as a kid, it's like it's wild for me to think about the dynamic of you're at home and not feeling at home. And then you get sent away from home and you're even farther away from the home that you were trying to find, mm-hmm. right? And it goes to, sh- it, it, it kind of ties in just the angst and the animosity and just like the feeling of uh, not being understood, if you will, right? In that time and lashing out and just feeling these types of things because it's like, look, like you're growing. You're th- This is that that 14 to 16 is that age where you're like beco- coming into the beginnings of becoming a man, right? So it's like there's certain things that we need or that we're looking for, and we may not get it in those times, in those areas. They naturally build us. There's a tenacity that comes and all that. And then I want to get to this. You finally made this. After you got bullshitted on by the headmaster there, Mm -hmm. in your head you were like, the last straw, I don't give a fuck. fuck. I'm not staying here. Mm-hmm. I don't, whatever I you got to do. I left my shit. I didn't even yeah. bring my shit. I had a yeah. group of shit in my you, dorm you, room. I you like, you had a chip. Keep it. So you came back and you ended up staying. You went to Fairfax. I went to Fairfax. So tell me how that was for you going to Fairfax, what that was like for you. Like, even just like as a student going into like, look, because you're at that 16 to 18. Were you starting to think about what you wanted to do for money, what you wanted to do for your hustle? Because you sound like a person that the benefit of of being in the positions that you were, and also, you know, when you can confidently say, I'm a C student, a, like one of my old mentors at USC, is, I want to I go into the story, this man named Paul Orphalia. You didn't know him or you don't. Yeah. He started Kinko's. Okay. But he was a he was a C and D student, right? And the first day of this little like one hour class at SC that we had when you had to like write a letter to get in and they'd pick certain students or whatever. I was fortunate enough to get in there. Um and there was like a, a class of like 30, 35 kids. And what the class was was literally you'd come in. He'd just talk with you. We'd talk about current events, and it's just like a rap. He'd bring lunch in for us, and we'd just really just vibe with him. The first day of class, he came in. He said, you know, he said his hellos and whatnot, and he was like, all of my, you know, all of the A students, raise your hand. And you got the kids that just shoot up like these, you know what I'm saying, the kids that asked me to be in their groups because I could speak. (laughs) They just do really good work. Mm -hmm. Boom. And then he's like, all the B students, you know, I'm a habitual B-plus student. You know what I mean? Just whoop. C students, same. D students, same. And he said, the, the B and C students, raise your hands. And we all did again. And he said, the A students, I want you to look at those hands. He said, those are going to be your bosses. Right? And what he said to that effect was, he's like, it's not about the grades. It's not about all of these things. You have to understand what you want in the world and balance it out. Right? The B and C students, there's students that are getting by, and you're at USC. Think about that, right? There's some B and C students that are just being lazy, work. But there's also other B and C students that have a balance. Like all you A students, like, and he started picking certain people out. He's like, "Do you know about sports? Do you know what's going on in this in this part of the?" He always started class with current events. Like you come in, you take a test on current events. He'd just be like, I want you to pick up a newspaper, read it. That's your, that's your homework. He's like, every one of y'all are getting A's in my class. Good for y'all. He's like, I was a D student. I almost flunked out. He's like, but you have to be curious. And those that are curious spread their time out. 
You know what I'm saying? You have to be able to speak about sports and this and that and the other. And hearing your story, I'm hearing, and, and again, sometimes I make assumptions, that, but if I'm wrong, please. But you were the rambunctious kid that had an incredible mentor in his life early on that allowed you to, it wasn't even like get back on the right course. It was more so of have confidence in your ability and just move forward. What, what was your outlet during that time? And what, what was your mentality in the, the college and workforce mentality? Because that's when, that's when you as a 16-year-old, especially a 16-year-old that grows up way too fast, mm-hmm. is thinking, no? So when I got back, I started hanging out with uh, some, some guys that were part of the tagging crew. You what know, was we about were, them that you liked hanging out so much? Just they like, were cool. Just cool. They were cool guys. And, and tagging you know, back in the 90s was, you know, was what you know, most troublemaking kids did. But... During this, as soon as I got back uh, with my work experience on Melrose, I had a work permit. And I got a job at Bank of America, Branch 324 for those Bank of America employees. Really? Uh-huh. I was a teller. So I applied to Bank of America, and it asked me what my duties were at this store on Melrose. I said, sales, cashier, and customer service, service experience. For any of you that are applying for jobs, that's what employers want to see. Sales, cashier, and customer service experience. It's all about customer service. And if, you, you're, if you've been a cashier, you can manage money. If you balance out, like you can just, you know, hype that up that you always balance. And uh, yeah, sales. that runs the whole gamut. Straight up. So I got a job at Bank of America. At like wow. 16. At 16. That's wow. incredible. So I would go to school uh, up until lunchtime. And at lunch, I would tr- uh, change into a shirt and tie. And I would go to my branch. Wow. And I was a teller until 6.30. I mean, 6 o'clock, you know, but then we'd have to do all our thing. And I would, I would be working, you know, every day after school and Saturday there. I was making money. Yeah. So I moved out. So wow. this is the best part. So my branch was on Sunset by Fairfax. Yeah. Sunset in Ogden, branch 324. Every fucking business owner on Sunset did their banking at Bank of America. Wow. Um, Miyagi's. I worked at Miyagi's, by the way. It was one of my jobs. Like, we can get it right. Do you know about Miyagi's? It was, it was a spot. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's before, a where, before uh, that was a Roxbury. Well, and now it's like, what, the Pink Taco, right? Pink Taco. Yeah, so it. you see Miyagi's, a classic place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was, working, I was working, making money. Yeah. My friend's dad sold me his 1987 Mitsubishi uh, pickup truck, Red. He rarely drove it. Wild. He rarely drove it. It was like eight years old, seven years old. That had like fifty thousand miles, and I had a truck, a red truck. Wow! I was one of the. I, I wasn't driving the BMW like my homie was, Yo, or the Ford Explorer like my homie was. We were just to jump in. So, do you remember my friend Jesse? He used to do karate with me. Uh huh. We li- lived close to your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Dude, we would wash cars like around the neighborhood. Yeah. We go up. I'm like, oh, I see this red truck in the driveway. It was at your mom's. I knock on the door. I'm like, yo, Francesco, what's up? Can we wash your car? He's like, yeah. So we're, we're washing his car. like, And the car was, I'm, I love that red truck. It wasn't the best shape, no but shit. it was solid. This dude was working in a bank during high school with his own we're, spot. We're, wa- we're washing the car, and he's like, you got something to buff this with? He's like, like yeah. It's like, buff that then. So we're, we're making this like 
kind of it wasn't beat up it was just like kind of older like you said yeah. 80 yeah, 87 yeah. 87 red truck just shine yeah lit. oh my god shine lit it's so fun yeah, I, I, rem- I remember I remember that's my story about that truck mm-hmm. I remember that we watched so I, the shit out of that well thank you yeah. thank you, thank you. you can thanks, watch my you can you can watch my whip right now if you want to go watch it you can take a buff that buff shit buff that shit <laughs> right downstairs <laughs> yo um, man so I had my own whip I had my own spot damn so what had happened was so like I was saying so like uh, Dublin's for those of you who remember Dublin's it used to be Carlos and Charlie's back in the day um, across the street from Pink Taco now it's an office space that looks you know it's canopies and shit coming out of it whatever yeah. so my homies owned that and I knew the guy that owned you know this place that place and then there was a guy that came in named William Busick God bless his soul passed away mm. he was a regular he was 40-ish so I would always like pretend I, I told him once I go listen next time you come here and there's a long ass fucking line I used to do this for all my favorites yeah. I want you to come to the front of the line and, and I'm going to say he's, he was in line before Yeah. for them to let you cut that's smart I, I did that that's tactical everyone loved that and they, they never hit me off with any cash but yeah. they remembered me yeah. they liked me I it's got a relationship yeah so this guy I did that for him he goes man he's like uh, I, I, I said to him I go hey listen if you know of anyone who has a room for rent let me know yeah he goes, yeah, actually, I do. I have a room for rent. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, why don't you come up after work? Here's the address on Skyline Drive. At the top, 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 my bedroom overlooks the city. And you were able to afford it? 400 bucks a month. That's all he charged. <laughs> wow. That's okay, wild. And that's the relationship. Yeah. He just, you know, he- He uh, just saw a, a kid that was like hustling. Yeah. A kid hustling. that had a good heart. Yeah. Yeah. A kid that knew the game like way. And I treated him well. Yeah. This was after like, you know, a long time of me treating him like, a, you know, hey, come yeah. on. He was one of those yeah. people. Yeah. And, and how did that impact me in my move? Yo, my, my life lit up. Yeah. I was lit amongst all my friends. I was putting on suit. I was putting on not a suit, but I was putting on a tie and a shirt. Yeah. Going to be a, a working at Branch 324 Bank of America. I was proud. Yeah. All my other friends, a lot of my other friends, they weren't working. You know what I also used to do? I used to deliver pizza. Wow. I delivered pizzas for Jacopo's Pizzeria on Bundy and Olympic at night. Lit. So it wasn't until 6.30. After yeah. 6.30, I was going to deliver pizzas. <sighs> so I had a low night. And I was making money. And so I went to Santa Monica City College. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what was what was the, the motivation to go to college if you already kind of have all this oh, because, going? Because, you know, so here's the best part. So mm. it's my senior year of high school. And... I had other friends I grew up with in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Smart kids that went to Crespi, yeah. Boyola yeah. High School. I mean, these are legit schools. Yeah. Yeah. They came from very, very good families. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was kicking with my, my crew. And then, you know, from time to time, I kick it with these guys. From time to time, because these guys were cool. And then these guys were just, you know, yeah. doing their thing. Yeah. I'd go to parties with them and we'd hang out. But I was more attracted to hanging out with the crazy kids yeah. until my senior year came. Mm. And I'm like, and then I hung out with these kids and they were talking about where they're going to school and this, this and that. Boulder University, yeah, SMU, Did you feel NYU. Left out? That was a moment of oh my god. Did you feel left out? Like yeah. what the fuck am I missing on yeah. right now? That's wild though. That, that that's a beautiful dynamic because some kids, especially the hustlers, like have that mentality of like I'm just gonna fucking hustle. Fuck it. Fuck your college, right? right? And some of them will become that have that really have that grit. Mm-hmm. will become wherever they wanted to go. And then others will just be like your electrician or your plumber that's like steady there. Right. But in that case, you actually being the hustler's hustler in training, in training. if you will, right? We're hearing that, but also felt a void. Like what, what, like, what was that? You were like, damn, wait. 
Damn, wait. College? college? Well, I thought I? Santa Monica College. I was going to go to college. Yeah. Okay, don't 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 get it twisted. Like, there was Got not it. a moment that I was not going to go to college. It Got was going to be Santa Monica College. Got it. Because, A, I had to work. Yeah. You were okay. totally independent at that point. I was working. So here's, a, here's another transition. So I'm at Bank of America. I'm waiting on people. This guy rolls up to me, uh, and he starts, you know, I have him open up a credit card. You know, they always try and get you to yeah. hustle people. Hey, would you like to open a new account with us? <laughs> I did really well because I was, you know. Yeah. So this guy, he's like, yeah, I'll sign one up. Yeah. He's like, hey. He starts talking to me. He goes, you know what? And after talking to me for five minutes, he goes, you got a great personality. He goes, my girlfriend is a stockbroker at Solomon Smith Barney in Rolling Hills Estates. You should give her a call. She's looking for a marketing person. I'm like, Wait, Solomon Smith Barney? Smith Wild. Barney? That's a top, 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 yeah. top mor- mortgage, you know, excuse me, not mortgage, but uh, stock brokerage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And back then, yeah. stock brokering was like the shit. Yeah. Everyone was like, I want to be a stock broker. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, fuck yeah. I go, you'll do that for me? He goes, absolutely. I go, great. So I call this woman up. And uh, I'm now going to Santa Monica City College. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to. It's the summer of. And she's like, yeah, come on in for an interview. Suit, tie. Yeah. She says to me, they sit me down. They say, hey, nice to meet you. I'm a kid. Yeah. I'm standing before these two intelligent women. Very, you know, they're in their mid-30s mm-hmm. at the time. And they said, listen, we want to do a marketing campaign. And we're interviewing people to see who can come up with a marketing campaign for us and execute it. Now, I had friends whose parents were attorneys yeah. and CPAs. Mm. So first thing I thought of, who are the attorneys in the area and who are the CPAs? Got it. I told them what I'd like to do is I'd like to do a seminar on a Saturday morning and serve breakfast. And I want to send it out to the local CPAs and, and attorneys. And let's find out because I knew about continuing education because my friend's daddy always talked, oh, I have to do the CE hours, yeah. continuing education. Mm. See if that would actually apply where they can credit them. And we could. Wild. They put up a class that these people wanted to go to, A, because it was free food, and they'd get their CE hours. Wild. It worked like a fucking charm. I went to um, Martindale Hubble, which which was a database where you can get all the local, and now you can just go online, right? And we bought that. So I said, let's buy this. This came in. I uploaded it. I got all the names. I sent out all these. I designed a postcard. It's financial ingenuity. And then on the back side was, you know, the, the, that's why it would be their name. It's incredible, <laughs> though. You went yeah. into an interview and was like, wait, how do I tap in? And just pop, 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 pop. And these women were blasted by me. They were like, where the, wow, like, this sounds amazing. Like, this is all attainable? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, I mean, we could look it up in the yellow pages. You know, I found out, I found out about Martindale Hubble after. And they were like, let's, they, want, they wanted to hire me on the spot. They paid me 12 or 13 bucks an hour. It was good pay. Yeah. So here's the problem, though. I lived... Skyline Drive. Yeah. That's Hollywood Hills. Yeah. yeah. This was Rolling Hills Estates. Oh, bro. That's a that's fucking That's Rancho mission. Palos Verdes. Oh. That's the You need a helicopter to no, get you, there. Let me tell you my journey for those people who know about what I'm talking about. You take Laurel Canyon all the way down to where it verged with either La Cienega and Fairfax. I'd hit Fairfax. Hit La Cienega. Take that over towards the, uh, towards the airport. Mm. Jump on the 405. Okay? Yeah. By the airport. Take that down to Hawthorne. Hawthorne, you're passing LAX and you're going around that curve and you're going towards Long Beach. It's like, it's down there. Yeah. And um, it's right there by the 110 and the uh, 405. <laughs> That's how far I have to, have to drive Hawthorne. Made it right on Hawthorne and took Hawthorne all the way up to the top of the mountain. For those of you who know Rolling Hills Estates and Rancho Palos Verdes, it's a fucking, yeah. it's, it's a big, you know, it's, yeah. you know, and I would have to drive there. So 
Here's the best part. I'm going to school, Tuesdays and Thursdays, four classes, 12 units. That's full time. Mm-hmm. So I can get my student loans. I'm mm-hmm. a full time student, two yeah, days yeah. a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I was at Solomon Smith Barney. Wild. I was at Solomon Smith Barney. So I said to myself, I have B of A, says I'm credible. Now I have Solomon Smith Barney. It says I can work in a professional environment and I can be professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I executed, I'm executing and I executed a brilliant marketing plan where I actually, and the best part is when I brought up this idea, I needed more detail. Like I got the Martindale Hubble idea and all that bullshit because of my friend's parents. I went back to them and I told them, hey, this is what I'm going to do. They're like, you're fucking brilliant. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, here's where you need to go. You get all the names here. Yeah. And, um, and so basically, you know, I was going to I was going to school full time and I was working full time and I wanted to step up my game and make more money. Mm. So I worked at Miyagi's because my friend who owns Miyagi's and now Saddle Miyagi's is no longer Saddle Saddle Ranch. Yeah. You know Saddle Ranch on Sunset? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Larry. Wow. I, Larry knew me ever since I was 14, 15, 16 because I used to pass up flyers for his clubs. He used to throw clubs for kids. No alcohol. It was all legit. Yeah. He was the club guy. We all wanted to go to you know clubs. Yeah. He did it. Underground clubs as well. So I would go to Zuma Beach. I mean, he had me in Zuma fucking Beach. Passing oh, wow. Out I mean, that's how big this fucking, his name was. And people would come to LA. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I would like, I would do whatever I could because I knew he was a hitter. Yeah. So this is all part about how I... Assess. Assess because I, and not only did I assess, but I, I knew certain people were worth the investment. Yeah. And I was supposed to go to a big party of his and someone canceled and he needed someone, you know, they would, they would always have like points where the party's here, but it wasn't there. You'd have to get the yeah. code, get the, yeah. you know, not the code, but the direction to the, where the actual party yeah. was. I had to be that point man one night wow. for a big, 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 big party that I all, that everyone went to, that I wanted to go to. I sacrificed that for him. Yeah. He never forgot it. Yeah. So fast forward, you know, fucking seven years, he's the owner of Saddle Ranch and the owner of Miyagi's. So I'm going to school full time. I'm working at Solomon Smith Barney and I want to be a waiter. That was the spot to fucking go to. We were dancing on the fucking. Let me ask you this. Like even outside of the money, right? What was the drive? Because that's all super taxing. Very good question. My mom, my mom told me, she goes, you better be the man. You know, you have to, excuse me, you have to be the man of the house and go make money. Mm. And, you know, she's like, I worked my whole fucking life. You go work now. My mom, I respected that about my mom. I know she worked hard. I know she was a hard worker. Yeah. And she was she was a hitter. So I respected that. Was it hard to sacrifice? Because I'm thinking like, you know, a lot of kids your age want to just go hang out with friends. Go to college. Party, go to they, college. Yeah, that was a huge sacrifice. You know how to this day. I Play would, video games. I, I, yeah. I, just never, be, just, I just, never played video games. Just, I wasn't that kid. Yeah. I was always out playing. You know those, those cartoons like yeah. kids of the 90s or the 80s yeah. out there playing and then today yeah. they're all on their fucking phones. I was a kid playing. But like you know how kids just j- kind of just want to be like a college kid and just yeah. want to kind of have that? I didn't that. have that. I had to grow up quick. And but I it's crazy. It, one of the beautiful notes to that, like just like a little notation is that you weren't the kid that had to work that just went and got the normal job and just did it. Like you were seeking – Let's be honest, you were in a world where you knew what what was, right? When you're at Bank of America, you're not a teller just learning how to be a great teller. You're seeing who these people are. You're starting to realize that all the businesses in Los Angeles, like those businesses surrounding that area, and that area was prime for those prime. types of like businesses where like any college kid will want to like aspire towards. Or right? even get in. Yeah. Or I knew the owners so, of these places. But, but you're starting to see them, and, and your mind is channeling, okay, these are these people. Right. Okay, now 
there's a lot of there's a long line. Let's start figuring out how we can be an asset mm-hmm. to X person. Like you, person, you're, yeah. you're you're thinking of the, uh, like you're strategically thinking of it differently, right? And even mm-hmm. like when you're in college, like yes, you didn't have that, but you were also the kid that was at Solomon Brothers, right? You're you're going to school, and now it's I need to make more money, but you're gonna go to Miyagi's. You weren't. You weren't over here going to McDonald's or applying to CPK or whatever the fuck the restaurant was. You had a tactical. One thing. One thing that I'm starting to realize is you had a tactical ascent and 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 a tactical want to where you wanted to go, right? And I think it's going to start to play a role in into your becoming as we go. But you grew up. This is the beauty that I'm seeing so far. Is you grew up in in an upper echelon of a world but there was a huge void in that as well right and at the end of the day your workhorse and your hustle mentality came filled that void if you will right but you were also smart enough to understand your surroundings yeah you had fun yeah you're rambunctious all of us were right but you saw it differently you saw opportunities differently. Maybe it was opportunities and I'm not going to squander them. Maybe it's, okay, these are opportunities. I need to be on it. Or, okay, this is the type of things that I like and this is the world that I want to be in. So now I need to take a closer look at it. But there was a certain viewing or a paradigm in which you saw it that was different because I don't get the, I didn't have the college life. I wasn't in a frat like boohoo me. Yeah. Right, because there were bigger things that were on your mind at that point. Naturally, emotionally, we all want that, right? But what I'm when I'm starting to see this 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 train of thought and these experiences go is okay. There's a certain level I want to reach, mm-hmm. and I may not have all of the requirements in terms of a paper, or in terms of X Y Z, but I have them in terms of my relationships. You're ascending through your ability to relate to people mm-hmm. at this point. Absolutely. And I valued these people, you know, and they saw they saw that I would listen to them and I yeah. wanted to learn from them. And yeah. I wasn't like, I want to learn from you. I wasn't a fucking corny guy like that. Yeah. I would just listen. Yeah. And but, I asked them But deep down inside, you wanted a mentor. Yeah, I wanted a mentor. I needed, listen, I knew the value of these people. And I knew that if I was loyal and I worked my ass off for these mm. people and I showed that work ethic... People would respect that. These people would respect that. Yeah. So when Larry found out I wanted to work at his, the, Miyagi's was the shit when it first popped. I was yeah. a waiter at the hottest restaurant in town where everyone wanted to have dinner that was young, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like, yeah. And Larry, remembering my work ethic when I was yeah. younger and my sacrifice that I did for him, yeah. wasn't stupid. I was thinking back then. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking back then, like, I'm going to plant my seed yeah. with this individual. I plant Ooh. my seed with everybody. Yeah. You're going to get nothing but love from me if you show me love. You yeah. Show me love because I got love for you. Yeah. And my work ethic, because of my sister and because of my mother's stories and how she, you know, traveled the world and all that, you know, yeah. all of that. Especially my sister, though, because that's what I saw. I saw immediately. Yeah. Your sister was your rock. My rock. Yeah. She was such a great role model. Yeah. But anyways, I busted my ass for Larry. And Larry loved the fact that I was going to school full time, yeah. working at Solomon's yeah. party during the day and coming to Miyagi's at night. And we would close at two and we would have to balance out. There's a bunch of waiters that had to balance out. We yeah. didn't get out of there until three. Yeah. I had class at eight o'clock. Yeah. But you I had were- class at eight o'clock at Santa Monica College. So I had to fucking get up the next morning. And I, you know what? I had, you know what drove me? I knew I was doing, I was on the right path. So just knowing that you're on the right path, that's made what- me confident. <laughs> like, yo, I'm doing good. Now, when I went to Santa Monica City College, my last 
you listen, I fucked off in high school. I, I was trained very well in math by your mother. I took my test, my entry <laughs> exam. I got standard English. You know where they put me in math? Uh. I don't know why and I don't know how, but they put me in two plus two equals four. <laughs> they put me in math 84. Right then and there, I said, I should have dropped out of high school. I should have taken my GED, my junior year of high school, and went straight to Santa Monica College. So wow. for all you guys that have parents, there's an entry exam at these city colleges. If your kid is fucking off, fine. Two plus two equals four. He knows that, right? They, they start you all over. Yeah. Math 84, math 82, math 80, 78, yeah. 70. That's how it is at Santa Monica College. But anyways, I had to go through that whole thing all the way to college algebra. The gamut. Ask me how long it took me to get out of Santa Monica, Santa Monica City College while I was working full time. Ask me how many years it took me. How many years it took Eight you? fucking years. You were at Santa Monica wow. City For eight college? fucking years. What? Seven to eight years. No bullshit. And then I went to CSUN. I had all my Igetsi. It was called Igetsi classes. Eight years. Because I started taking... And you were also able to live your adult life, yes. though. Like, so you want to know? So let me tell you why. Yeah. Let me tell you why it took me eight years. From Solomon Smith Barney, a friend of mine worked for a company called Northwestern Mutual. It was the number one internship program in the nation tied with Cisco Systems. Okay. Now, I have Bank of America. I have Solomon Smith Barney doing the marketing. That was my last you know, big thing. I did mm-hmm. a huge, I was on the phone, cold calling, not just yeah. cold calling, it was warm dialing because I'd yeah. say, you know, this is Francesco, I'm calling to follow up on the uh, yeah. postcard I sent you and yeah. people were like, yeah, yeah, I want to go. I wanna. So I had that confidence on the phone. Yeah. I knew how to talk to people on the phone. That's a big, 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 important uh, if you can do that, you can get a lot of fucking jobs. The Those ability are... to communicate effectively. Effectively. And yeah. also be confident enough to communicate. Know your product. Yeah, and that's the sales skills right there. Yeah, I knew my product. Because look, the biggest reason I got through school, like look, I'm a smart kid, but I was the, the, the kid in class that was in the group with all the smart kids just because they wanted me to present. And I knew that. I was cool with that. It's just like, look, you get that section done, I'll talk about it. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. Straight up. Straight up. But th- but this ties in. You knew what you were good at. And now is when you started using your strengths and your traits to your advantage. Because you also know, like, look, you are building your book of confidence. You are building your, this is this is why you need to have me in the building. Right. You also have a very unique path. Eight years of community college. Eight years. I was I, I had to see it through. I had to get all my classes. There was a goal. I wanted to see my goal. Just because it took me longer than most people doesn't mean shit. I got that shit done. Yeah. And that's so crazy to me to like most people would stop at like three or four years. They're like, all right, I'm not going to wait until you hear Then I, five years, then six years, then seven years. You still it's like and I was making money. Yeah, and well, I was making money. Yeah, well, but I had it seems to, like something. Where's the value in that when you're already like making money, living your life? Well, with, you like, know what it was. I was hanging out with. I started hanging out with the uh, the, uh, the other kids that went to the, you know were finishing college, and I didn't want to be the guy that dropped you know dropped out of out of Santa Monica. Like I'm a fucking loser if I, if I drop out of Santa Monica. But yeah. that was I never even a. It was a. It was a thought, but it was never even uh, like a like it was ever going to happen. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. I got a job at Northwestern Mutual as an intern and uh, I got a job in downtown LA and uh, I started dialing on all the first and second year attorneys at all the top law firms in downtown LA. It's all information. Remember I was dealing with the attorneys yeah. at Solomon Smith, uh, Solomon Smith Barney. I started yeah. calling these kids and I would go in there and, and supplement their disability insurance. So if they were making $120,000 coming out of school with a college degree and law school degree, only 60% of their income was insured, God forbid, they got disabil- uh, disabled. Mm. After tax, it was 40%. So I would supplement 30 on top of that. Got and it. I used to sell them 
your biggest asset is your income. Mm. If God forbid something happens to your income, you're fucked, right? You know goddamn well about the importance of that. Yeah. You, you know what's and, interesting? You know, just, just to say real quick is that this is not a, like, it doesn't sound like a sexy job. Like life and disability insurance. Yeah. There's like being a kid in L.A. Or, or what people come to L.A. for and you being from here, there's no like glam in that. But... You saw it differently. You saw there's a huge opportunity. Well, number one, I saw that it was the number one internship program in the nation. This was Solomon Smith Barney. This with Bank of America. My step ups. Every time I got a new job, it was a step up. Now, I still had my hustle at night. Yeah. So I worked at uh, Northwestern Mutual, and I got to top 10 in the country. Wild. It's like number nine. But keep in mind, I was going to school at this point like at night like I had to work during the day so <laughs> you were making- 7 to 7 this company is fucking amazing I had to learn the product life and disability insurance I had to learn how to sell that I had to do my marketing I had to do my uh, I had to pay my my rent I had to I had to be a fucking adult yeah I was running a fucking business how old were you at this time oh man I was in my 20s got it early 20s yeah this was I, a crash course. Crash course. This, 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 this was now I'm now I'm the stockbroker. Yeah. Now this is and if I wanted to bring on somebody to do my cold calling for me, I could have. Yeah. I did my own shit. Yeah. Okay. Why? Well, first of all, they taught me how to get referrals. North Northwestern Mutual is the king of teaching their reps how to ask for referrals. It's for specific referrals. So you always research the person before you meet them. Where'd they go to school? It's consumer behavior type yeah. shit. This was back then. Yeah. And so I'd go, they didn't have LinkedIn and all that shit. You yeah. know, basically you have to go to the company website and, you know, at the law firm, you'd see where they went to college and, you know, yeah. and then you would all talk to, okay, tell me about Berkeley, blah, 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 blah. So I had something to talk to him about. And every time I would call somebody, I would be calling at the recommendation of someone that they worked with. Got so it. I would print out a list of all the guys that these guys would work with after I'd meet with them. They said, yeah, I want to buy a disability. But hey, listen, I want to meet more guys like you. And they're like, yeah, 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 I'll refer you. People never fucking refer yeah. you. Well, great. Here's a list of all the guys that you work with. I've highlighted the guys that I've already worked with or I'm working with. Who else on this list can you introduce me to uh, and, you know, as a future Wild. resource? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, this guy's cool. This guy's cool. This guy's cool. This guy's cool. Listen, I'm going to send them. I would tell these guys because yeah. their objection is, well, I don't know if they're in the market for what you do. Yeah. I would say, listen, I'm going to tell these guys that you didn't assume that they're in the market for what I do, but that I'm a great person and that I'd like to introduce myself as a resource. And if I could ever offer them this product, they'll use me. He goes, all right, you'll be in there for like, what, five minutes? I go, yeah, five minutes. Well, I'm sitting down here with you. You know yeah. there's no five minutes with yeah. me. Okay? <laughs> yeah. How do you know so-and-so? Yeah. Do you know so-and-so? Was, oh, it, you know so-and-so? It was just your in. Yeah, it was my in because I knew everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this guy just... This and guy just, it was a way more comfortable in yeah. because it's like, oh, they told you? Okay, great. Because yeah. yes. you already knew you got it locked down. If right. they say, hey, I spoke to this guy, they'd be like, yeah, he told me. He's cool. Yeah, I was cool. It's incredibility. Yeah, and yeah. I had the best product in the market, Northwestern Mutual. I mean, they just uh, sponsored the uh, March Madness. I don't know if you just saw that, but it was mm. you know NML yeah. Northwestern Mutual. So it was the the prime product. I had the best product in the market. If you're going to go into sales, you have to sell the best product. Don't go selling number Absolutely. two and number three because if you don't have the superior product, your job is going to fucking suck. Absolutely. Well, I had the best product, and I had guys that were putting a lot of money into their insurance back then. And so other people were like, well, how much did John put into the policy? He puts 500 bucks a month into it. Or then I'll put 750. I got two kids and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I want more insurance. Yeah. And um, I was really good at that. Yeah. I asked for referrals. Well, after doing that for five years, I was dating a really, really beautiful girl. Yeah. And one night we had gone, I don't know, to some club and we're at Mel's Diner on Sunset. Yeah. This is another pivot of my life. Yeah. It's like three o'clock in the morning. There's like 10 girls and me. 
and the girl I'm dating, all yeah. of her girlfriends. And there are two guys hanging out at a table at Mel's Diner on yeah. Sunset staring. So, he, you know, he and I, we got to talking. Yeah. He goes, yo, man, what do you do? I'm like, oh, man, I'm dating this girl, but I, you know, I do this, this, and that. He goes, well, man, hey, listen, I got a great house in Homeby Hills. These are your girls? I go, yeah. He goes, I'd love for you to throw a party at my house. I said, well, where's your house? And he told me. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, then I'll go over there tomorrow. I'll go check it out. So he says to me, because my school started to really suffer, and I really wanted to finish college, mm-hmm. okay? And I told him that. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm doing this, and uh, God, you know, I don't want to be the insurance guy forever. I didn't yeah. want to do that forever. I knew yeah. that was it, but I knew it was a great stepping stone. Now I got five years at this internship program. I've gotten the top 10 in the country, but this is not going to be my career, and I knew that. Yeah. So he goes, well, what, how, he goes, how about this? Why don't you go back to school full-time during the day and come work for me at night? I'm like, for real? He goes, all I want you to do is have people over here, yeah. have people over here. And um, he was also recording Nelly's uh, album. And Kuda, Kuda Love, who also produced Mace back Got in it. the day. Kuda Love, I love you, bro. If you're hearing this, anyone who knows Kuda, tell Kuda that uh, uh, American Pie sew it up. <laughs> That's what he used to call me, American Pie. AP, AP, AP. <laughs> Straight up, AP. So Nelly was recording um, his, some music there. And then Mace recorded Welcome Back, that wow. album that bombed. Oh, yeah. You know, I was with him during that recording because basically the owner of the house was in and out. Yeah. And the, all, these guys were all in the studio. Yeah. And um, recording this album. So Usher would come over and listen to it. Jermaine Dupri came to the house and listened to it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I met these guys. Jermaine Dupri was cool as fuck. Yeah. Usher was so humble. Yeah. So nice. That's amazing. Yeah. Such a nice fucking guy to me. I mean, I'm the only white boy in the house. Yeah. All right? Straight up. But I'm cool. I'm AP. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I got, you know what I'm saying? AP, what AP, up? AP, what up? You know what I'm saying? There, I, there may be another AP out there, but I was like, I was OG <laughs> AP. OG AP, yeah. yeah. And um, Kuda took an interest in me. He was like, yo, what's your deal, man? You know what I'm saying? He was like a humble guy. Kuda's yeah. real humble. Real yeah. nice guy. Um, basically, Kuda was... You know, Nelly's albums were, I think he sold 20 million albums plus. Yeah. He was producer. Yeah. He got paid. Nelly got paid. Nelly got paid. Yeah. And he was really humble too. Um, I got love for Nelly. But uh, Kuda took interest in me. He knew my story. Yeah. Damn, damn, AP, damn. You know what I'm saying? You're like doing it the right way. Yeah. He's like, you're going to do well in life. Word. Kuda showed me love. And you know what? A lot of cats came in that house. And you know, I was like, who's this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then Kuda always went out of his way to make sure that fools knew who the fuck I was. Yeah. Mm. So love him for that. So I started going to school full time. Uh, and after being at this guy's house for like two years, I'd bring girls in from Santa Barbara, busting them in, hot girls at Santa Barbara, UCSB, SBCC, yeah. uh, and girls from USC would bust in sororities. Wow. Party. How'd party. you set up that network? Oh, man. Girls? I just, come on, bro. I just knew guys that went to USC. So I just knew up, girls. You and set up, You set up the little. Oh my God, I was a promoter. Yeah, I was running a promoter thing yeah. out of his house. And I did that after the age of 21 as well. But he was loving life. Yeah. He was rich. Our shit was catered. Music, DJ. Yeah. We'd have Maxim parties at our house. I mean, people would pay him to rent his house out for these big events. So I had an amazing time. Yeah. So after living there for a couple of years, um, I moved out of this guy's house. And uh, my friend, who's a mortgage broker, comes to my new crib. And he says, he's like, yo, man, you're not going to believe how much money I made. And this is before 2008. This is 2005. Word. And he goes, he shows me a check for like 30 grand. 
I'm like, I could do what you do and I could do it better because not only do I have Solomon Smith Barney training, yeah. I got Northwestern Mutual training. And you got work ethic. And I got work <laughs> ethic. And I know, how I, you know, they always tell you, like, if you go into a self-employed, like, put together a list of 100 people that you know. Yeah. Now, and you know. How old are you at the time right now? Oh, I was in my 20s. Still in 20s. Yeah, right. late 20s, I think, right around the mid-20s. So he's like, well, let me see if I can get you a job at my company. I was getting deals closed. Yeah. I started seeing my success yeah. in this business now. And I was making a lot more. I was making a lot of money. Yeah. You know, big pops. This is back in the day in the mortgage business when you can make two or three points. Yeah. And point is a percent of the loan amount. So if yeah. you're getting, if you're doing you're a million dollar loan, that's 10 money. grand is one point, one yeah. percent, 20 grand, two points. These real estate agents making two and a half points. Yeah. Crazy money right now. Crazy. Crazy money. Here I am making, you know. Whatever. We'll talk about that in a minute. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, so I started being really successful in the mortgage business. You know what I'm saying? Like I was already stepping up my game. Yeah. Dressing nice. Yeah. You knew what world you were in. I knew what world I was in. And you were playing within it. And I was, I was. With precision. With precision. Yeah. Because I had the training. Yeah. And, and you know what? I knew just like you said. Because a lot of motherfuckers were making money in the mortgage game. They were sloppy. Sloppy. Breaking the law. Yeah. And I took my integrity from my Northwestern Mutual and the way I did it, the way I asked for referrals, no one in the mortgage business was doing that. Word. And I, ch- I had basically... Because you made direct referrals. Direct once referrals. You, once you got one, it was like, look, this is how we operated. Who can I, who can I speak to? Well, I worked world? with all my insurance guys. You know, it's so funny. One of the reasons why I quit the insurance business is a partner at a law firm, top law firm, he was intimidating to a lot of other people. He liked me. Mm-hmm. He knew I was a fucking hustler and he knew that I was straight up. Mm-hmm. I don't like, hey, hi, I'd like to do. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's like, hey, listen, I work for Northwestern Mutual. If you ever need life insurance or disability insurance, I'd love the opportunity to, to, to make a presentation. To take five minutes. Yeah. For you. yeah. He's like, okay, yeah, I actually only owe two million. He's had another kid. I need to get another two million of insurance. Straight up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, got a, I got a policy with some bullshit company. I don't even have a rep. Come in my office. I know you work with other people. I want you to come in and yeah. tell me your, you know, give me your pitch. He. Did everything. Yeah. He like liked me so much. He's like, look, I'll put a thousand bucks a month towards my policies. I can make you a nice little commissions. Guys, making a killing. Yeah. Plus, he wanted the insurance for his family. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's like, hey, listen. After I serviced him, you know, him and everyone else for like a year, he goes, Francesco, come into my office. I goes, he goes, you really want to be the insurance guy? I'm like the insurance guy. Ooh, wow. He said it in a way that I was like, really? You're There's like, an insurance whoa, whoa. guy? Yeah, like, There's an insurance wait, guy? Wait, I'm this guy? I'm that guy? Yeah. He goes, you know, you're amazing. He goes, but. Why don't, you, why don't you be the mortgage guy? Hmm. And everything just happened. Like, I was it's like, hard right, to click I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Word. You know what I'm saying? And so I did it. I got the job. I started making the dials. I started being successful. I started working on my own book of business because you get a bigger cut when yeah. you bring your own deals versus yeah. you know, the yeah. leads. And I started making a killing. And I saved all my money. So my mentors in the game told me two things because we were all at the time Self-employed. Yeah. Now you're all W-2 in my yeah. business. Pay your taxes. Yeah. You better save and put, save put that away. your money. Live beneath your means. This is when everyone was... It, and, and, and it's hard to do that, especially in a mortgage game Hello, I had where cats were millions. cracking off. Yo. Right? So I was very, very patient. I saved a ton of fucking money. And then the market dumped in 2008. I'm like, thank God oh I didn't fucking God. buy anything. Thank you, Lord, that I didn't wow. buy anything. What was that that made you not buy anything? I, I was mean, scared. I was scared to spend my money because I didn't know, because I always had that fear of I'm self-employed. 
I'm commission yeah. only. To this day, I'm commission only. That, but look, that's a great fear to have. It is. Especially a in driving that game because, fear. Because that, that business and the income, which is wild because like you see the correction later, right? Hello. But that business, which like I used to have friends of mine, like older kids. I was graduating high school in like, 05. So like at that time, that was when that mortgage game was booming. So some of the older kids that I look up to were like dropping out of law school to go do mortgages. Right. All, all Everyone these was a kids fucking are mortgage guy. Money. Everyone Everybody was a mortgage and guy. their uncle was a mortgage well, guy, I was one right? Of them. But at the same time, they were just reckless. Not me. Because it was new money. Yeah. Getting the getting the Corvettes, getting the... Yeah, Bentleys, all that. The, the cribos. And, then, and it, 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 it's like when you think about it like this, it's like athletes, right? Yep. New money. You like... I can't fathom how somebody can make $300 million and have nothing. Right? Mike but Tyson. there are cats that do it. Mike Tyson. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There, there, there are cats that, that come into money quick and blow it just as fast. Mm-hmm. There was that, yeah, it, it's wild because you, but you also knew the importance of money. I did because of my upbringing. Yeah. My, upbringing. my mom was rich at one point and yeah. she, you know, she got. And you it. wouldn't have also had the luxuries that built you into you without the access to money. Exactly. So for you, it was like, fuck, like, I'm scared. I don't know what's going on, but at least I know I have it. It's not going elsewhere. Like, it's here. Correct. So when, when I need to do something with my money, I will. And you got very lucky, right? It's all timing. Mm-hmm. It is all timing. You know what I'm saying? But, and you got extremely lucky, but lucky with the point of you had the intention, you just didn't know what it was, right? Just like for me, it's like, look, I hit a rock bottom in my life, right? But I was equipped. Once I made the pivot in my mind, it just started to connect. Mm-hmm. And for you, the market comes crashing down, but you're stockpiled. Stocked. Like you're and you like, know what? My clients, I'm very, very, like, I've always been blunt. Yeah. I get it from my sister. Oh, well, like, straight up, she was always the oh, well, like, oh, well, that's <laughs> the, oh, well, like, that's the deal. Like, you better live with it. You know, like, that's life. So I like that, you know, she was that strong woman in my life. So I was very blunt with people. I didn't want to ever fuck anyone over. I didn't want to lose sleep at you night. Did, you, you did your business with integrity. Integrity. Which integrity. a lot of people didn't. Thank you. I'm lucky because it was noticed by the right people. Yeah. So, so basically, um, I was straight up with my clients. I put them in good loans. I told them that they shouldn't be buying homes that they should had no business buying. I love that because, like, bro, like I, I used to come across just in combos, and I was a kid, and, and cats didn't think I understood, but I used to hear cats taking hit, like taking extra points on their parents. <laughs> Yo. Like, like backloading the shit. It's like you're giving a shitty loan out. You're making a killing, but you're fucking somebody the fuck over. Like, you're throwing a variable loan at them, which is, like, wild, right? But, again, there's a huge difference is because, like, you're a hustler that hustled to define his hustle. There are also hustlers that just want to hit a lick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 100%. And, and And it really, like, resonated with me right there because, like, there's a you have a def like a defined focus and you could tell it's a part of your ethos that integrity is very key. But you also were a kid that grew up when you knew that like fuck, like you're my mom. Like this is what a mom's supposed to be. Like in, in your world, you're 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 a you you've lived a life where as rambunctious as you were as a kid, now when you're in the real world, if I'm gonna give you my word, I'm keeping it. If I'm going to tell you something, it's going to be honest, mm-hmm. right? Even if you get into the wild, wild west world that that was at that time, right? 
and also your sensibility just a lot like told you to save, right? Because you didn't know what the fuck to do. It was beautiful that you didn't know what the fuck to do and you weren't just shooting off at, at the hip. But the the beauty for me is like in that climate, it's like that's cash is pouring in. But at the same time, to be able to hold one's integrity when you know that you can make a little bit more. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And I beat out all those guys. Yeah. Because people were shopping back then. Yeah. And they would call me and I would I always had the best rate. Because I didn't work in those back end points, driving up the margin on those option arm loans where there was pick a pay. You had three options. Yeah. Either one percent, interest only, or fully amortized payment. And the margin that they would build into these loans was either gonna be, you know, a three percent commission on the back end to me. Where you were getting a th- you know a, a, a one or three year prepayment penalty where you couldn't even get out of the loan Fuck. without paying that three percent that was paid to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's cats, how- cats were tying in like, yeah. hey, here's a ribbon, but yeah. you're getting fucked. Yeah. yeah, and guys were fucking people. Yeah, and I knew guys that were fucking people, and you know what? But you also utilize that because it's- because you know, look, you you want to work with me because this is this is the landscape. I stood on that. This Rock. is the landscape. You can exactly. go to them. Go to them, but I said, but, yeah. but, but they, but listen, it's but like, watch shop, that shit disappear. Yo, I used to tell them, shop me last. Shop me last. Mm. I beat out everyone. Because you knew. Because I knew. And so I would make 1% on all my deals. Yeah. When guys were making 3% yeah. on all their deals. But you had And I was more. killing it. Yeah. Killing it. And yeah. I saved all my money. I saved all my money. And I, so I worked for this guy for, Two years. Okay. And then a friend of mine was working with this guy named Trip in Beverly Hills. Okay. And it, his firm was another mortgage company associated with a much more powerful firm. Got it. So I was like, I want to get into that firm. Yeah. So I got to go through this firm. So I get a job with these guys. I'm killing it. We're working until eight o'clock at night dialing. Yeah. Okay. Me and my three, like me and my two mentors. There was another guy. He was not a mentor, but yeah. two other mentors. Yeah. I was in a big room with three other guys dialing. Okay. And we worked late and we were successful making a ton of fucking money the right way. <laughs> so the rule was always pay your taxes. Okay. Mm. And always give back to your client. Mm. However you can. Go above and beyond. That's incredible. You really got it. And that's huge in that service game. Yeah. Yeah. Write the birthday cards. Because cats forget you're in a service industry yeah. there. You have to go, you know, you have to romance your client. That's on some Dale Carnegie shit. You know no, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I really service my clients. Yeah. It's all about customer service. Yeah. Totally. And my clients want to be educated. So I learned They want to be business. comfortable. They want to be you're comfortable. Not gonna, you're not going to get a decision unless somebody's comfortable making one. Right. I learned how to underwrite my own loans. A lot of these mortgage guys, they were just pitching right and then getting in the file and giving it to someone saying, hey, do they qualify? I, I learned how to qualify my clients. I would qualify them on the phone. And these people were used to dealing with guys saying, yeah, I can offer you 6% on this kind of loan. Uh, this, this, and that. You know, what's your house worth? But they didn't really know what the fuck they were doing. Yeah. I was very thorough. Got I really it. learned my product. Incredible. And to, and to be successful, you And that's have Northwestern to Mutual for you then. When, that was my Northwestern Mutual training. You're damn right. When going from like job to job to job that are kind of in these different landscapes, was he, did you ever have moments of like hesitation of, man, I'm really good at this. Why would I jump into the mortgage world? I felt it. 
I felt it. Whatever, and, did and, it he, ever, and, and he got told though. Like, yeah, no, yeah, I know you got, got but, but I know, much older, you have a, wiser. You have a big body guy yeah. being like. I know, but you know, there's always that ego when you're like, man, I'm really good at this. Going into here, there's always that moment of like, Uh-oh. I'm gonna have to start at the bottom and learn this new. I'm already doing this mm. and, and, made, anxiety and made it here. Of the transition, you're correct. There was anxiety. But and and you're commission only, so commission it's only. not like you're working for a company and just Hello, like jumping exactly. salary. You're jumping into like an independent space. How do you d- deal with that that moment of transition? I just had the confidence. I knew I was going to be able to do it. Straight up, I already had people lined up that wanted my that wanted my business. Yeah. Also, I feel like because it, it could be hard. Also, like when you're already making good money somewhere and transitioning, knowing that hey, if I do this, I can make way better money. But in the beginning, I may make less money. I told you, I saw my boy had that check. I was like, you're making this kind of money? Oh, I'm going to fucking kill it. Yeah, I just didn't care. Cool. And I, didn't, I just knew it. Yeah, I, just yeah. just knew. I just knew it. So at this point, I get into this company. I got referred to someone who was <laughs> partners with the top real estate team in Las Vegas. It's a great story. So this guy I met refers me to them. And they start using me. At the time, I could lend in Las Vegas. I mean, without having to need a license. We were just, everyone was, you know. Yeah. But you did it well. I did it very well. So I started networking amongst this this woman and her clients. And this was before Vegas took a dump in 2008. Mm. I was, at one point, the preferred lender to the biggest developer in Las Vegas. Wild. Okay. Then 2008 hit. And the market... Bros. I was going to make fucking millions off this whole wow. networking that I, I used to fly to Vegas Monday through Friday just to network with the agents. And I had such a, not only did I have an LA base, yeah. I had a Vegas base. A now. Yeah. I was hanging out in Vegas, you know, yeah. enjoying my life, yeah. working there, yeah. staying the, at the wind. Yeah. With, you the know top, what I'm with the top echelon. God, the top echelon of Las Vegas real estate. This was the shit. Yeah. The market froze. Everyone got out of the mortgage business, became a real estate agent. Not me. I'm still one of the very few left. The stay I'm, in the mortgage business. Stay in the mortgage business. I'm still in the mortgage business. Because no, because you, the beauty is, is because you did, you knew the ins and outs of everything about it. You just didn't do it to hit a lick. Correct. Correct. They got scared. They, they, they got shook scared. off. They left. They didn't, hand, they didn't have... Listen, don't forget, at Northwestern Mutual, I had to learn how to run a business. Yeah. Not only learning my product, making the dials, doing my marketing, paying my own little rent there. I had to run a business. You went from the cashier, the sales, and, and yeah. all that at the, at the first Melrose spot to this. Exactly. Your businesses have been primed. And Melrose was happening back then. Yeah. I was on the hot spot of... Yeah, you know it, what I'm saying? It, like it, I was, it just ascended. Yes, you know what I'm saying? It ascended, and I learned structure. You have How to follow through. How important was that to you? What's that? How important was that to you? Everything. I've always been schooled on integrity, Yeah. follow through, yeah. and always have a sense of urgency, and learn your product. Because you're a man of your word in that business, and in that business, if your word is gone, your deal is gone. Oh, oh yeah. No. You're only as good as your last deal. Yeah. So, so I never over-promise and under-deliver, Got but I always, I always thoroughly underwrite my loans up front, so I know if there's a deal or not. And if Got there's going to be any issues, I'm so well-connected to every top bank and every top underwriter that I'll email them saying, hey, this I was going to send this scenario. deal to your, to your bank. I got this little, this little issue here. What do I need to do to make this, uh, to iron this out, mm. right? This wrinkle. So that takes years, though. Years of learning the product. Mortgages is very. There's a lot to yeah. know. Yeah. There's a lot to know. 
a lot to it's know. It's not just a cash cow. You don't just learn cow. about the project. You got to learn how to prep your buyer or your more your borrower on what they need to do months before even applying for a mortgage. Yeah. You know, there's a lot to learn. Yeah. Now, I really stepped up my game. The, my, I'm a professional mortgage loan officer. Mm. I'm top one percent in the country. Top one percent in the country right now. Mm. Okay. I'm the in-house lender, trusted lender for Hilton Highland Real Estate on Cannon Drive. Wow. The number one boutique luxury real estate firm in Beverly Hills. Wow. Hilton and Highland. I'm their trusted lender. Wow. They allow me to go in there and speak to their agents to educate them on what they need to know to educate their buyers or sellers. Incredible. On a mortgage front. I'm trusted with the creme de la creme. I didn't get there overnight. No. When I got into that smaller company that was tied to that bigger company, yeah. it happened. Yeah. After being that, that smaller company for two years, they merged with the bigger company. I'm at the bigger company. Now I have, and it was the number one private bank in Beverly Hills, mortgage private bank. Yeah. I'm, I'm with the number one guy in the country. He was my mentor. Yeah. And the number seven guy in the country, my mentors. Mm. So I always had mentors yeah. that liked me Wanted to see me succeed because... Let me ask you this. I, I want to tell you while we're speaking on yeah. this, right? Because I hear a lot of slapdick mentors, all this bullshit. Like, and I'm going to say that, to be honest. Like, yeah, I got my mentor. Yeah, I got my mentor. Yeah. What do you think it was? And I want to go into the mind of that. And this is for anybody, whether you're in the world of real estate, finance, whatever. Like, at the same... Like, everybody can say, yeah, you know, I got mentors. Who... What do you think it was, though, that made them want to mentor you? My work ethic and my personality and the okay. fact that I was honest and I was a good kid. Bang, right? I was a good fucking so kid. so many people talk, bro. Yeah. And, like, I, like, and, and that's the thing because it's like with work ethic and personality and all that, so many people ride on just personality, Right. Like, if somebody that's above you doesn't see that either you have a heart or you have a willingness to learn or you have a tenacity, everybody wants to be big bravado. Like, especially, and especially if you don't have the, 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 like, your uncle isn't introducing you to one of these guys, these guys have to have seen you, right? And these guys have to have been, like, it has to have been brought to their attention what type of work is being done. And then along the path, when you big up to either meet these cats or whatnot, it becomes a, okay, so you're that person, right? So many people, like, try and find uh, mentors and network just based on, like, yeah, you know, I know this person, know that person. Fuck what you know. If you're great at what you do, the big boys are going to come calling. Exactly. And that's what happened. I had the track, the, the track record, my history of employment. Yeah. Like I'm telling you guys my history of my, my appointment from day one. These guys asked me. I yeah. told them. Yeah. They're like, damn, you are Straight out. you are driven. Yeah. And I learned my product. It's the willingness to learn, but you have to learn on your own too. Yeah. I was I went and got books and read up on my business. I mm. wanted and talk about current events. I was always up on current events. On the marketplace. You knew what was the going Wall on. Wall Street Journal. Read the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. You need to know because, first of all, you'll educate yourself. And it's important for you to be able to share that with your clients. Yeah. yeah. And when you're dealing with sophisticated people, they want to be educated. Yeah. They didn't know that. Hey, I didn't know yeah. that, you know. And you can hold a conversation. And you can hold a conversation. Yeah. You're confident. Confidence is what sells in life. That's and been have like confidence. the through line for yeah. all this, yeah. 
but, have, but but I want to make a caveat to that mm-hmm. point, right? Because it's confidence that you're speaking on comes from an understanding. Mm-hmm. Confidence comes from a digestion of information. Mm-hmm. Confidence is not just how can I seem confident, right? Right, which is a lot of what's thrown out, especially in this day and age. I know they, I know those, those especially in this ultra access, especially in this yo, let's network, especially in this look, love what you do, like let's build, right? Yo, let's let's break all this confidence, right? Is not just how well you can present, whether it's a a, a, a monumental idea or a landmine. Confidence is standing on a foundation of knowledge. Yeah. And saying, you're either going to fuck with me or you're not. That's confidence. Mm-hmm. Confidence isn't, well, I've done this for this, done this for that, done this for this, this, that, the other, blah, 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 blah. I'm really confident how I say it, but like it's empty. Exactly. I'm like this, do I need a needle to just like pop your <laughs> balloon? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you know what? It's, it's, it's. And that's why, because like, look, like the only reason I make that point on that is because like if we're at a fucking seminar or a panel and you're like, confidence. And the guy's writing down confidence, yep. Yeah, I mean. Confidence, yes. But confidence came from Joe's mom sitting you down and making you comfortable, right, with learning what you needed to. That was the confidence. Mm -hmm. Confidence is you knowing your business, knowing the terrain, knowing who you're working with, knowing where you've succeeded, knowing where you've failed, and knowing that you've educated yourself beyond anybody's ability Right, there are always cats that are working either as hard as you or harder. You know that, mm-hmm. but that's why you're the top one percent. Top one percent. Right, you're not you point. It. You're not point. Oh, you're not number one in the world. Top right? one percent. Top one percent. So there are others out there, but that's confidence. Confidence. Those guys too are doing the biggest deals because when you're throwing big money around, you're not going to give it to an underling. No. You're going give to give it to somebody with a proven track record, somebody that the referrals, will, they'll be, they, they will do their due diligence, right? And a confidence is being able to sit in the room and saying, if you want to go elsewhere, you can't. 100%. But that's on you. That's 100%. You nailed it. You nailed it. I always say do your homework. That's confidence. Yeah. Kids today going to school, you want to enjoy school, you want to be, you know, be successful, do your homework so you know the answers when you go to school the next day. Being confident. But also being humble and confident, you know, yeah. sharing that wealth with someone, you yeah. know, tutoring someone, yeah. you know, it's all about, you know, passing it forward, you know, um, and I'm very blessed to have been surrounded by great people that wanted to see me succeed. They never hated on me yeah, ever because they were far above me in that yeah. department. I was the only, they would allow me to ask them questions. There's a lot to learn about my business. Yeah. Being a mortgage broker today, you have to get a license. Yeah. You have to not only get your real estate license, you have to take a, an NMLS, uh, like like mortgage broker's license. Yeah. You got to know your shit. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I was very blessed to have been surrounded by people that were older than me, smarter than me, and had made mistakes before me mm. and taught me what mistakes not to make. Yeah. You know, with credit cards and, and managing my money and saving my money. It's your knowledge. It's everything that gets you there. Like your knowledge, your groundwork and all that. But how do you present yourself you know, when you're playing in that league, it's it's more than the language, right? It's more than the language. It's the image. Talk about that because those are. I feel like those are kind of like as tangible as they are. They're also intangible. There's a, a certain aura, and that goes even beyond the image. It's it's a whole package. So talk about some of the intangibles because and how important that is in in what you do, and also with the players that you're now with. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. No, you're right. And it was, um, it was, you know, I had the foundation, I had the success, you know, and uh, people picked up on it. Yeah. These people that, you know, smell bullshit from a mile away, you know, I was, I, I never bullshit. Like, this is who I am. I, they, they were like, who's the mortgage guy? Who's going to be, who's going to be, you know, like they know that anyone who got this spot was a hitter. Cause you talk, you know, when we're talking off air, even like how you dress, right. Mm-hmm. And you're talking to your, the person you're mentoring now, mm-hmm. you're, you know, it sounds superficial, but it's really not. It's just, there's a deeper there's a deeper meaning to the image of what you're doing. Oh, you have to dress for success and you have to wear quality clothes. I mean, people look at all of that. Yeah. You may not have the fancy watch, but if you're wearing like the nice tie with a decent shirt and a normal suit, people pick up on that. Mm-hmm. You're going to look like a million bucks. Right. Now, if you want to upgrade that with a dope belt from Cartier and some Artioli shoes for 3200 bucks, you could do that too. But it took me years to build up that 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 wardrobe. But it's a, it's it's an important tool to what you're oh, doing. Oh, absolutely. And, that, and that's when I wanted to kind of show the difference. It's like you don't just like ball to ball. You there's certain tools that you have to kind of be that that you pack. You don't just rack up that credit card debt just to show like some face. Right. Yeah. You need to have. I knew. I that was my stilo. People rock like different different like. Yves Saint Laurent or they'll like rock their own shit like G-Star, you know, or whatever your jean is, whatever your, your shirt is, whatever. Like I rock this hat. I rock, I, I rock Stefano Ricci. Mm. And for me, people who shop at Stefano Ricci who are paying three fifty dollars a tie are people making a shit ton of money. The quality goes hand in hand with my everything quality. And you know what? There's a lot of instant credibility that I've received when I've met with my clients when they see the quality they know taste they know taste and they they just know they ask me hey where's that shirt from or where's that tie from and I tell them like oh wow yeah so I look the part and they see that I'm you know they see that I take myself seriously so you know when you dress at that level there's an attention to detail that is like unspoken because yeah I was saying like when you're in that upper echelon It's just a different, like, it's a different universe. You have to, you have, it's just part of my MO. It's part of my ammo, actually. So dressing well is very important. As is everything. Spend money, invest in your business, invest in your wardrobe. Yeah. Don't fuck around. Get nice shoes, get a nice belt. If you can't afford an expensive watch because they're 10 to 15 or $30,000, don't get the watch yet. Get the nice shirt, get the nice tie, get your shirts hemmed. Look, clean cut that is that has helped me right when someone meets you they check you out right off the there's like the six cents for three seconds yeah do you you smell good is your breath kicking like i got cologne and i always have mouthwash in my car yeah people pick up on that smell is is everything smell is everything bottom line is i now i've been at hilton highland for three years and now i have multiple streams of income where my attitude is I'm generous with my mom. I've always been generous. Yeah. I get that from my mom. Yeah. Now I'm really generous. Yeah. But but you're not getting letters that are that are typed by the, uh, exactly. the corporate secretary and being like, ooh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm I'm helping people that I see on the street. Yeah. Um, I'm helping families. Um, you and know, your mother. And my mother, I give my mom an allowance every week, so she has money for her nails and her hair awesome. just so she can live. Awesome. You know? Awesome. How does that bucks. feel? It feels being able amazing. To give. It feels amazing. And that's been going on for a while. It's Long been. time. So, you know, I saved all my money. I was scared because I'd been broke. Yeah. 
the beauty of these things is that we're human beings. Like nobody's is is invincible. Nobody is 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 as pure as their words can ever make them, right? But the beauty of somebody is is that there's a story. You know what I'm saying? Story lived. Anybody can tell you what they want you to hear, but there's a beauty in in the vulnerability of having lived because like let's take a look at this, bro. Like you've lived this life. You've gone through all that you've gone through. You've had a vision. You've made mistakes. You've had fucking wants and needs. You've experienced the spoils in different areas. But you also were put in positions and led in life led you in the spots where you really took ownership of what you wanted. Right? It's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like this doesn't come quick. Like this this goes quick for those that want it quick. Yeah. Right. You've put year decades into this shit, mm-hmm. right? As much as somebody would could want to build relationships like that, it can never be emulated unless somebody's lived a full life, right? Unless somebody's experienced what the trenches are. Mm-hmm. And I want to I want to kind of take it here. If you were to write a postcard mm-hmm. to your younger self, mm-hmm. right? That just happened to like find its way on its lawn when you're outside bringing your bike back and you happen to see it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're going back home, you're knowing that mom's probably lit. You're praying that she's in her room or watching TV or whatever. What would you say to that in that postcard to that kid, knowing that he's going to find it? Life only gets better. Um, you got a great life ahead of you. Boom. Done. Mama! We made it!